David was driving through a very bad part of town. His car was full of about $70,000 worth of computers when all of a sudden the red overheating light came on. He had to pull off to the side of the road. Within minutes, two men surrounded him, large rocks in their hands. They wanted what was in the car. How could God possibly save the computers, let alone David's life, from this dangerous situation? Find out next on this episode of Better Life Today. This podcast is brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Since 1990, Better Life has been providing Bible-based religious programming to the public. For more information, including how you can view Better Life's channels on your TV or digital device, how you can contact us, or even how to make a donation, please visit blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. And now, here's today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Better Life Today. We have an exciting program for you. But first, let me introduce Saidi Rodriguez. Saidi, welcome again. Thank you very much. Saidi, you and your husband work with Better Life, uh-huh. and uh, you help with the Spanish channel. Yes, we do. Now, I wanted to tell the audience that, uh, you know, we tape these programs. So at the time that we're taping this program, something interesting is happening in your life. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about it? My husband and I started a new adventure, (laughs) a divine adventure. Um, We actually uh, are fostering two kids, two little ones. Uh And let me tell you, (laughs) that has changed our life completely, but we're loving every second. So this is the first time you've had the little feet uh, going through your house, isn't it? Oh, yes. Hearing mommy, daddies, and (laughs) oh, it's really cute. Uh, Well, God will bless you too, and the children too. Thank you. Today our story is entitled, Where God Guides, He Provides. And we've got some really good stories. In fact, uh, once we get through our Bible text, I'm going to be sharing one of my favorite all-time stories with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it, we're done, you'll understand why it's one of my favorites. But Saidi, you have a Bible text you're going to share to give us a story about an example of where God guides, mm-hmm. where God wants you to do something. He will provide the means to have it happen. Amen. And he got, Jesus gave us a wonderful example of that. Would you, would you share that story? Yes. It's found in the book of Luke and the chapter 5, verses 3 to 10. And it says, Then he, talking about Jesus, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answers and he says to him, Master, we have toiled all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When he had done this, they cut a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to the other partners on the other boat to come and help them. They came, they filled both boats, and they began to sink because of so many fish. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. This is an outstanding example. It's one of those miracles 
So many of them, I w wish I was just there watching to see this firsthand. Yeah. But there was lessons that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples. Mm -hmm. And let's take Big a moment lessons. to look at that. You know, when they were laboring on their own, their efforts accomplished nothing. Nothing. All night. Yeah. But when they labored under Jesus' command, what a change happened. Yes. All of a sudden, they were filled to overflowing. And you know, in those days, you know, the fish were your livelihood. And so you might as well have filled the boat with diamonds or, you know, because yeah. to them, it was, he was just showing there's no, there's no end to su the supply that I can provide. Right, right. To me, it's just, it's one of those stories that I think about and I go, how many times I've tried to do things my way mm -hmm. and it takes longer and it's harder. And then the moment that you're like, I can't do this anymore, Lord. And we go, sometimes sadly, we go to the Lord the is he's the last one that we go to. First, we try fixing things our way. And then once the Lord has everything in his hands, it just happens the way he, he planned all along. That's right. It's important that we give our lives daily to yes. the Lord. That's what morning worship is for. Mm -hmm. When you sit down and talk to the Lord and you lay out your plans for the day, and then it's always wise to say, Lord, I have these plans. Mm -hmm. I expect my day to go like this. But you may have other plans. Right. So if you come right. along and send me some other direction, mm -hmm. I'm ready to go. That's, that's our spirit. That's what that's the spirit right. we need to have. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking that maybe they were ready to go home. They tried all night, you know, yeah, yeah. but yet Jesus had a different plan. Yeah. Well, the stories we wanted to share with you today were stories of, of ministry where God has asked people to do something or to provide uh -huh. something. And then through his divine providence, uh, or sometimes in the next story, his direct uh, intervention, of uh, the work is able to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so that's the story I wanted to start with. Yes. Okay. This happened to my friend David. Mm -hmm. And I love when I can share a story that happened to somebody that I know. And like I said, this is one of my favorite stories, Sayuri. Uh, David is a missionary, and he works in various countries. In this particular case for this story, he was working in the country of Peru in the city of Lima, Lima, Peru. Mm -hmm. And he was working there and he had an old station wagon. And you know, sometimes you have an old car, sometimes it breaks down, you gotta mm -hmm. take it in for repair. Mm -hmm. Well, parts aren't always easy to come by there in Lima. And his starter went out. You know, when you turn the key, the starter turns yes. the engine over. His starter went out. So he had to take it into the shop and they said, we need to rebuild this. Oh. So he has a car now, no starter. They're rebuilding it at the shop. To get his, start, uh, his car going, he has to push it. Have somebody push him. Yes. And then he can pop the clutch. Remember the old days yes, with most yes. of the car? <laughs> yeah, we don't have too many clutch cars around anymore, do we? No. But you could push the car, you could pop the clutch in second gear, and you could get the start car going, going because that would turn over the engine. So that's what he was having to do. So he was driving through town, and he got the report. Uh, at some point here, he got the report that the computers that they were waiting for had arrived at this dock of the city. Okay. And these were computers that were going to be used in the mission, in the hospital, I believe, in the schools, at different mm -hmm. conference offices. It was for ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I heard it was about $70,000 worth of equipment that had come in. Wow. So, you know, you have your excitement. Oh, mm -hmm. the computers are here. We can go get them. So he goes down to the dock to pick them up, but all he has is his station wagon. <laughs> so they're putting them in the car, fitting them in the wires, you know, but you know, the problem is once you filled up that car with these computers, yeah. you still have to push it right. to start it. <laughs> so he went around, he was able to get, um, three guys to do it. Okay. But as he was preparing and getting the computers loaded, he, not he noticed, man, this is a rough part of town down here at the docks. Even the kids were talking filthy. 
And he says, man, what must be going on here in these people's hearts? You know, being a Christian, this stood out to him very much. And he said, oh, this is terrible. And he felt sorry for them. But they loaded the cars. He found three men, and they pushed his car. He was able to put it in second gear, pop the clutch. The car started, and he was on his way. And uh, it was towards the end of the day, and he, he decided to, I, um, and he made his way through town, through a bad part of town. Okay. And he said, Lord, I'm so glad that I'm here in this car moving through town. And, I, um, you know, and he breathed the prayer. What's that verse that goes, uh, the angel of the Lord encamps around those? Yes. It was one of those verses he, he's told to the Lord. He's driving through town, through the bad part of town, when all of a sudden his red overheating light comes oh, on. No. And all of a sudden the poor guy has to pull over alongside of the road. And he's thinking to himself, this is not where I want to pull over. And he pulls over off the road into gravel. And when he stops, his car is facing uphill. Oh. He gets out of the car and he says, okay, we're overheating. He goes and he finds um, the shop. He finds the shop and says, do you have any water, please? He, but when he gets out of his car, he's wearing his suit jacket, he's wearing his tie, so he takes that stuff off. I'm, I'm assuming he does not want to stand out. Mm -hmm. So he takes that stuff off, goes to a shopkeeper. Now, it's almost 6 o'clock. In this town and in this area, 6 o'clock, it's near the equator, sun's starting to go down, people are locking up. Yes. All the shops locked up at 6. It's maybe 10 till 6 or something. Mm -hmm. He's going in asking for water. The guy finds a bucket, fills with water. He rushes out, puts it in his car, goes back, gets another bucket, comes out, puts it in his car, and then he hears a sound. He either hears a sound or looks underneath. I should say he looks underneath and he sees the water draining out. Oh. The water he's putting in is draining out. It's he says, this is not doing me any good. What am I going to do? Sadie, what would you do? You're in the <laughs> bad part of town. Pray. He's, he's, uh, he goes back and the shopkeepers are all locking up. He looks down the street. The streets are empty. A guy just, he saw a guy go around the corner. The streets are empty. But so when, the guy that was giving him, helping him with the water, he kind of that's closed it. the Because I'm, I'm closing my store. Wow. And so was everybody else. Yes. He happened to park next to a large school bus, an, a, a large bus, mm -hmm. I should say. And, uh, you know, it had its wheels off. Mm -hmm. It was broken down. Who knows how long it had been there, maybe 20 years. And that was not a good sign because you could have the drug mm -hmm. dealers and stuff happening in that kind of an old mm -hmm. bus, make it their hangout, their right. hideout. So he was in a bad spot all the way around. So he gets, uh, he sees the shop people closing up, and then he's thinking, what am I going to do, Lord? What am I going to do? My car doesn't have a starter. Mm -hmm. It's overheated to the point where the engine froze up, and I'm stuck here uphill in gravel with about $70,000 worth of equipment in the car. What am I going to do, Lord? Wow. It's right when he's thinking about this that things go from bad to worse. Oh, no. Off of the bus come two men, and they're not good-looking guys as far as, you know, helpful guys. Mm -hmm. They are the kind of guys you kind of want to avoid. Mm -hmm. They're coming off the bus. They go and they pick up two jagged rocks, one each. Walking towards him? Walking towards him. Oh. One guy goes one way around the car. The other guy goes the other way around the car. So here he is, kind of dressed up still, car full of computers you can see through the windows, and these guys are coming around. And, you know, I think he kind of knows what the guys are looking for. He's waiting to see if David's going to pull mm. a weapon. So what would you do in a situation like this? Like you're surrounded. There is nothing going your way right now. I can't imagine. That's... Wouldn't you be just terrified? Yes. Yes. Well, terrible. David's sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? And he's talking to the Lord while this is all happening. He says, Lord, I know sometimes we're called to give our lives for others. But I don't think I'm called to give my life for the computer. He says, I can't bear to think of the thought that your equipment 
is going to fall into the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. But Lord, what can I do? Mm -hmm. I've got to leave. Yeah. That's the, and just kind of that's leave the conclusion the he came to. Yeah. And it, it hurt him because, you know, people had sacrificed for these computers. Wow. So he takes a step back to leave. David does. I'm about to run out. <laughs> and he steps right back in, walks into somebody. Oh. Somebody's behind him. And that person puts his hand on David's shoulder. And David turns around and he says he looked into the most perfect face he had ever seen. He said, this guy should be in Hollywood. He has such mm. a perfect face. It startled him so much, and it was so unexpected that he, for a split second, he forgot the danger that he was in. Wow. But then, his, then this guy said, you have to leave. You must leave now. Your life is in danger. And that kind of brought David back to reality. Uh -huh. I, I know. I, I, need, I need to leave. But my car, and then David went through the list. My car is broken. The engine froze. The, the um, I can't put the water. Can be, the computers, it's heavy. It's uphill. He went through the whole list. And the guy said, no, get in your car, and I'll push you, and you need to get out of here. And David was like, oh, yeah, right. It took three guys back at the dock to push me. Oh. And here I'm in gravel and going uphill. He says, you won't be able to push me. And the guy goes, get in your car. I'll push you. And David looked over at the men who were holding the rocks. And he said, the strangest thing happened. They were just standing there frozen. Hmm. They weren't responding to the guy or to David. They were just locked in the place where they were, had last been, standing there holding the rocks, frozen. Hmm. So David looks back at the guy, and the guy goes, get in the car. And David starts to, you know, he had been complaining that he couldn't, that this is not going to work. And then the guy says, I know these men. There are four of them that live in this bus. They've just assaulted a busload of people. And they were on their way back when they saw you. Oh. And I don't know if he was referring to the two or the four, but at least the two. Yeah. He says, and they were on their way and they saw you with the car and they want your equipment. Mm. He says, uh, you're in danger, and so I came to push. You need to get in and go. And David was just amazed at how much detail this guy was giving him. He knew the guys. He knew what they had been up to. He knew what they wanted. He knew what and they that wanted. he came to push him. So David got in the car and said, okay, I'm going to get in the car, but he won't be able to push. Next thing you know, the car starts to move. David pops the clutch. The engine kicks in immediately and begins to purr as if nothing was wrong. Wow. And he, he says, oh, great. But in this country, you know how cultural differences happen? In this particular country, when somebody does a favor for you, you have to give them a tip. Oh, okay. So, but two things were happening. Because also in this country, if you help somebody who's about to be robbed, people attack you. Yes. Other robbers will attack you. Mm -hmm. And he noted a, a situation where if he like, was in trouble. If like but... you were in a, a subway or something mm -hmm. and somebody was going to pickpocket you and you pointed it out to somebody else, hey, somebody's going to grab your stuff, you somebody would come up behind you with razor blades in their hands and they would oh. cut your face. And as a snitch. Yes. And so David was thinking all these things through. His, I can't, you know, this guy's all alone. If I leave him, these guys may attack him. So he's thinking that. He's thinking, oh, I got to give the guy a tip. All of these are going through his mind. And David still has not left. Hmm. <laughs> the car's running, but he's stopped. And the guy goes, go, go, get out of here. And David goes, no, I have to give you a tip. He says, I don't need your tip. Go. <laughs> and the guy says, no. And David says, no, I'm not leaving until I give you a tip. And he, so he gives him some money. He says, okay, now go. You have to get out of here. So David finally pulls away from the situation and leaves. He goes about two blocks and his car fails again. Oh. But this time he's in a lit area, it's by a gas station, mm. he's safe. Okay. And it's only then that he starts to think. He says, hold on, what just happened to me? He says, my car was frozen, I parked a pill, this guy comes along, a single person, pushes the car like it's nothing, gets me going, he adds up all the details and says, 
that had to have been an angel. Mm -hmm. Who else could have done this and known this and, and been sent to help me yes. but an angel? That's true. So do you understand why this is my favorite yes. story? It's beautiful. I mean, I can just wow. imagine. Yes, you just mentioned with the story of Jesus, you said, you know, sometimes I wish I could be there and see everything with the details. And these stories too, you know, to be there, to see what we're not really able to see at the moment, you yeah. know. It's and how many times has God protected us when we don't know? David was able to figure out this had to have been an angel. Yes. But sometimes I think God helps us, we don't even know. Yes. Yeah. So, Saidi, how has God helped you? Well, I believe that the... The reason why God helped David is he had a mission for him, and mm -hmm. he was helping him to get to do the mission that he had for him, get the computers to where they needed to be and protecting you in the way. Yes. Um, and you mentioned before, when God calls you, he provides for you. Uh, when my husband and I were called to minister in Roseburg, um, we moved to Roseburg, and we were staying at some member's house in the meantime while we found a house. And uh, there was one that was so beautiful. But for me, I thought, you know, it's such a big house. It's just my husband and I. Um, and we kept praying, praying, praying. We looked at so many places. And yet at the end, God provided the way for us to be able to have that house, which had many rooms. Didn't your church members ask you as they yes. were moving you in? What they say? Yeah, when they were moving us in, they were saying, well, you, you have so many, you know, rooms. Why? And our first response was, we like entertaining people, <laughs> you know, and we like bringing people. But, you know, it just, to me, at times it didn't make sense. Although my husband and I had talked about adopting. And we thought, well, maybe, you know, we're going to be able to have a child. We don't know. We wanted to do that through foster care. Mm -hmm. And so we were praying and praying about it. And um, a month went by, and it's just my husband and I, two months, three months, four months. And it just got to the point that I remember a week where I told my husband, um, I feel like sometimes we're selfish because we have this big place, lots of rooms, and it's just you and I. Maybe we need to start looking for a house that is smaller, just for you and I. Mm -hmm. And... He said, well, you know, let's just keep on praying. We had given our paperwork to the foster care, and we had heard nothing from them. Mm -hmm. And that week that I told my husband, um, you know, God knows my heart, it was maybe two, three days after I told him this that we got a call from um, DHS and the department and letting us know about the little ones that we told you about. And all of a sudden, now the rooms are filled. <laughs> you know, and, and we understand, well, God called us here to minister for him. We thought it was just going to be for the church, mm -hmm. but God has made the way so that now we are also ministering to two little ones, you know, and he provided a place. He knew who was going to be sleeping in that room. Mm -hmm. You know, he calls, he provides. And for us, that's just a huge blessing to see what God, what God did, you know, he, he picked, hand-picked, the house where we were supposed to live in. So not only do you have a place now to, to minister for the Lord in the lives of these children, who, who probably very much need mm -hmm. a home, a Christian environment, yeah. but um, they, in turn, are warming your hearts. They're ministering oh, to you, aren't yes. they? Oh, they are, 100%, 100%. And, the, 
and they're ministering to the church too, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. Yeah. They are. So <laughs> awesome. it's, a, it's a blessing that keeps on going. Everybody's blessed. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in response to God providing, I'm, I remind us of a story that happened to me. Mm -hmm. When I was coming to work for Better Life mm -hmm. years ago, I um, had been working on my own, doing freelance work. And I did that during that portion of my life, particularly because my father was diagnosed with cancer mm -hmm. and he needed assistance. And I said, well, if I'm freelancing, then I can be free to go help him because uh, he lived in another town a number of hours away. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Uh, after my father passed away, um, I said, Lord, I would really like to work with another ministry as a group. Uh, and I need to find someplace. Plus, my money was going down. Uh, mm -hmm. When you're freelancing, uh, I didn't realize how much time is spent just looking for work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there was a whole month one time when I didn't have a job, any, any jobs come in. A whole month. Wow. Everyone was busy at a convention, all the people I usually worked with. And I said to myself, how are the bills going to get paid? How, do we do, how am I going to do this? And uh, so it came to the place where finally I said, Lord, I want to work with somebody else. And so I started knocking on doors, mm -hmm. as it were, yes. and said, hello, do you need work? Do you? Right. And every place I called said, no, 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 wow. which really surprised me. Mm -hmm. I expected it to go much easier than right. this. But then I contacted Better Life, and they said, well, we weren't expecting to use anybody, need anybody, but um, sure, come work with us. Wow. So of all the places I checked, Better yes. Life was. And I remember thinking to the Lord, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get up there. My car, I think I needed at least two, maybe four tires. <laughs> the car had gotten to the place where I had to get tires. I, had, I knew moving costs money. You have to have uh -huh. the rental van. Uh -huh. You've got to have first and last month's deposit right. on houses, something like that. And so I knew that there was expenses involved. And I said, uh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Maybe I'll have to borrow money to get up there and make this work because I don't know all the expenses. And it had gotten to the place where, you know, sometimes you like to go to the mailbox and sometimes you don't. <laughs> Yes. And it had gotten to the place where I didn't like to go to the mailbox anymore because it was just bills. Mm. And it did kind of depressing. So I had put off going to the mailbox, I think, I don't know, maybe for a couple days or so. I finally told myself, go to the mailbox. And I went to the mailbox. And this is the time I had already told, told the leader here at Better Life that I was coming. Okay. Somehow wow. I was going to come. And so I went to the mailbox. And as I got back into my car and let the, let the letters fall in my lap, as it were, there was a letter I was not expecting from somebody else. I opened it up and out fell a check oh. for a large sum of money. Now, in case anybody is misunderstands, I don't get checks from people with a large amount. <laughs> that doesn't happen. I don't know if it's, if it's ever really happened. And, uh, and I thought to myself, that's amazing. Yeah. When I was saying yes to the Lord, that I will come to work at Better Life, while I was doing that, the money needed for the move and whatever other expenses I might come up with was already on its way over. Wow. I didn't even know. Yes. And I may have found it earlier if I hadn't been yes. so you know, put off against about going to visit the, the mailbox. Mm -hmm. And so where God guides, he provides. he provides. And just so you know, I have not received any large checks in the mail Anymore. Uh, since that time, I don't <laughs> think. So um, that's another example yes. of the Lord's, you know, when you put your life with the Lord, let him provide for those needs. Like they put the net in for the fish, uh, miraculously, your, your needs can be met in all kinds of ways. That's right. Because God is very creative. That is true. I mean, oh, he is yeah. very creative. That's right. And it reminds me, you know, I've told this story before. When I was a little girl, I felt that God was calling me to share about him to others. And one way I thought, I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus' love. 
but also it will be great to marry a pastor because then it will be easier to tell lots of people. Then I forgot about it and I went to the university mm -hmm. and I was studying religion. I thought I was gonna be a teacher. And they asked me at the university to lead out a group of girls who were going to be marrying pastors, future pastors. Oh, so future pastor wives. Yes, okay. and I thought, me? I don't even have a boyfriend that is a pastor. <laughs> Why would I do that? But, you know, I, I started giving the classes, learning how, and, and every time I would do one of those classes, I would think, why am I doing this? Um, well, it was months after I was giving those classes that I was called to be a missionary. As a missionary, I was involved with women's ministry, and I was able to practice lots of what I had been doing through these classes for the future pastors, pastor uh -huh. wives. Yes. And, um, and I thought, oh, well, this is why. God, you know, God is helping me. He helped me have these classes. Now I'm helping this uh, ministry here. But it was later that I thought, look at him. He gave me this class to be learning how to do this for the missionary field, but also later for my husband. You know, later I ended on, up. You, you yes. would become a pastor's <laughs> yes. wife. Yeah. Yes. And so I think it's so incredible and creative the way he does things. You know, first you think, why, why am I doing this? But he has a plan. So many times, it's so much easier to look back at your life after it's happened. Yes. And say, oh, these things now yes. make sense. Yes, you're able to put the pieces together. I went to a, to a college myself, and when I, um, when I was going to college, uh, Adventist media, Christian media, wasn't a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't have the three AVNs, we didn't have the other ministries. And so I told myself, you know, I love media, but I obviously won't be able to get a job or have very many yeah. options for jobs. So I will not get into media, Lord. I was telling the Lord this in my mind. I said, I won't get into media because, you know, I, it won't go anywhere, and, but I'll get into teaching. And so that's what I headed yes. for teaching. But, you know, the year I arrived at my college, somebody out of the blue donated a video recorder uh -huh. system to the college. This is in the days when that's brand new and it's a big thing. And, you know, right. and, uh, and so guess who got their hands on it? Well, as soon as, you know, as soon as I could, could, I got my hands on it yes. and started using it. We did all kinds of programs and stuff. And so the Lord provided that piece of the puzzle for me yeah. as I developed into the Adventist media. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but and I don't know why they did it because the school was very conservative oh. and they wouldn't necessarily promote television or movies uh -huh. or stuff like that. So for somebody to donate that at that particular moment wow. was unusual, I mm -hmm. thought. And now? And now I'm doing it all the time. <laughs> Better Life TV. Yeah. And I met someone that knows you from college hmm? who said that he remembers you with the camera everywhere. Yes. And he said, and at first we thought, oh, this guy, you know, with his camera all the time. And now he says, we are so grateful that he had that camera because we're able to see videos of when we were at college that other, you know, it wouldn't have been possible if you didn't have that camera. Yes, I not only recorded programs, but I recorded a lot of the behind yes. the scenes with my friends and things. Yeah. Well, friends, we just want to encourage you if the Lord has called you to ministry, and he's called everybody to yes. ministry in one degree or another, mm -hmm. you can be ministering just being at home with your kids. You can minister in, uh, if you're in a nursing home or something, you can still minister. Right. And if God has called you to that ministry, which he has, he will provide what you need to, to accomplish your work. Right. And it could come miraculously. That's right. So, Saidi, any last word in the last seconds we have? You know, just by you sharing that, it, it reminded me of someone that just today was sharing about how there was a need. And it's true. Give that to the Lord and he will provide because he knows our heart that we sincerely want to serve him. And so I agree with you. 
And he's our father. He is. And that he says he wants us to call him father for that reason, because it's the father that provides for his children. Right. And so God wants to know there's a connection there. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Visit our webpage at blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. There you'll find more information about the ministry and other programs we think you'll enjoy. You can also send us a note via our webpage, and we'd love to hear from you. Better Life also has a YouTube channel that you can access by going to youtube.com slash betterlifenetwork. That's youtube.com slash betterlifenetwork. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to search for all the Better Life TV podcasts. Until next time, God bless.